0: You want it. You need it. It's what everyone's talking about. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Now, here's Kevin. You're listening to The Sports Fix. Yep, Tommy's back. Aaron's here. I am here. Tommy's back from Florida. He is on the phone. And I think that most of you will understand why he's on the phone. And he's probably hunkering down out there in lovely Frederick, Maryland. Uh, we've got things to get to that are sports-related, but I, I think we have to start with the coronavirus and the impact it's having on uh, the world um, and sporting events, which we'll get to. But, um, you know, when you texted me yesterday and said, hey, I'm taking the CDC seriously on this, I'm going to call in to do the podcast, I'm like, I get it. No problem at all. So, first of all, you know, you're feeling well? Everything Okay. Is it, you're, I'm feeling,
1: I'm feeling fine. It just so happened I had uh, a doctor's appointment yesterday for for like a checkup, and uh, he told me privately he thinks everybody's going to get the virus. It's really there's not a whole lot you can do. Uh, he told me this while I was wearing uh, disposable exam gloves that I had brought with me. Uh, you know you can't buy Purell anywhere. No. Nope. You can't buy it online. You can't buy it anywhere. So I came up with the idea of buying the gloves that you see in your doctor's office. Right. A box of those.
0: Yeah, those are low. Uh, There aren't many of those left.
1: Well, I I got a couple boxes. And uh, if I go out, I I wear them because they they keep me from touching stuff. And then when I'm done, at the end of the day, I, I throw them away it seems like a pretty effective way at least to reduce your chances of, of touching uh germs. It's what the, you know, it's what they use in, in the doctor's office. Uh, so I asked him if he thought that was over the top a little bit and that's when he said, I- I'm not sure there's a lot anybody can do, which was real, uh, real encouraging.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> that is, yeah. that sort of goes hand in hand with my CDC neighbor. Um, and, you know, I think I told you a week and a half ago, and and I'm, I'm just going to cut it short because I, I talked about this on the podcast yesterday, but a week and a half ago, my neighbor who works for the CDC said, just get your flu shot. Don't worry about this coronavirus. And then I ran into him Monday night and he said, yeah, I, I'm, go- I'm going to amend that particular um, <laughs> statement. Uh, there's a lot we don't know about this and, you know, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better and it's going to really impact the whole world and the economy, the whole world. And in fact, Tommy, um, I haven't, you and I haven't talked for, for several days now. I, I On Monday's podcast, I, I just said, you know, somebody's going to get this virus, you know, a, a player is going to get the virus or test positive in this upcoming March Madness tournament. And that team's going to potentially be forfeited from the tournament. Because the incubation period, like you can test the rest of the players, but they may test negative today and then positive in three or four days. So you can't you can't let a team go out and play if a player's tested positive. More likely than not. So I asked my CDC neighbor if that's crazy, and he said no. It's not crazy, and he's sort of a sports fan. He said, "Maybe what they should do Sunday night when they announce the bracket is announce like ten to twelve replacement teams." That 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 that, that you know he and, and I said that's funny, and he said, "Well, I'm being serious." He said, "It's not going to shock me if if a team gets forfeited because a player or a coach or somebody you know close to that group tests positive." You know,
1: I mean, the bottom line is. Any plans that you think you have are up in the air right now for anything. And any events, anything in your personal life, it's all sort of up in the air right now. And that's, you're right, I, that's a good point. And what I think they would do is they would have a contingency plan but not announce it. I mean, I don't think they would announce standby teams, but i bet they would have oh, them. Oh, I, I think the stand...
0: Con- yeah, I think the standby team thing is sort of tongue in cheek, uh, but I think the yeah, the I potential right. of a team forfeiting is not crazy.
1: No, no, I think I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I mean, this thing just snowballs. I mean, I, I wrote a column uh, in today's Washington Times about all the sports teams' league's decisions to keep reporters out of the locker room. Yeah, and you know how that seemed like a a small inconsequential thing and. And there is the real fear that, you know, when this is all over, they'll figure out, well, we lived without them in that room before. We can live without them now. But that seems, I mean, I I also pointed out, it seems moot because no one's going to be in those arenas. No one's going to be in those locker rooms if they're playing games. It's all going to be a TV show. It's not just reporters. There won't be any fans around either.
0: You know, it's interesting listening to you talk because you're not usually the one that um, sounds the alarm bell on something like this. But what it speaks to is your personal vulnerability because of your age and because of your recent, you know, bronchitis that you've had a couple of times. You know, I've talked to my father and mother the last couple of days and they're sort of hunkering down there. You know, my father's out playing golf in Florida. You know a lot, and he 's outdoors a lot he 's pretty active but um the uh but you know my mother 's up here she she 's not going out they 're not going to restaurants anymore you know the, this is really it 's really interesting because you know if you 're young you 're really not all that worked up over over this yet you should be because if you have people in your life that are older that you love you know you being sort of blasé and not being diligent on this stuff could ultimately cost them you know a, a serious sickness or worse it's, yeah when
1: the C, when the cdc came out and said if you're over 60 yeah. you really shouldn't go out right you know that hit home for me
0: yeah i know I mean, i'm
1: six i'm 66 i i had bronchitis in august uh, so I'm, like, right in the crosshairs of uh, vulnerability here. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I tend to take those things pretty seriously. Uh, and uh, so my plan is, uh, you know, I'm going to go in to do the radio show on 106.7 The Fan, uh, tw- you know, on today, this afternoon with Chad, and, and Saturday with Nick. But other than that, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going out and walking around outside, but I'm not going I'm not going to any, I'm not going out to dinner, I'm just I'm my, and you know uh, it, it's something that you can you say, well it's not too bad now but if it goes on for five, six seven weeks, it's going to get awfully old
0: Yeah, I mean I mean, what are you going to do about your pinochle game, isn't that tonight? I mean, what about <laughs>
1: You know, I used to know how to what play. About p- b- what
0: about bingo? What about bingo? You you love bingo. bingo on Friday nights.
1: Bingo. I, I bet the bingo hall's are <laughs> empty.
0: Yeah. It's really killing the bingo industry. Sherm Lewis is looking for a job again. Um You
1: know what's funny? Uh baseball, I
0: mean, they're going to have to change this. But
1: baseball came out and said they're going to play their spring training schedule as is. Yeah. And I'm thinking Everybody over 60 is at a spring training game in Florida.
0: Yeah, the demographics of this. Yeah, exactly.
1: We used to joke around in St. Petersburg when the Orioles played there. It's the only place where you take attendance before the game. And after the
0: game <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny, you know that's pretty much what they do on cruise ships, you know, even before this yeah. It's like we had three hundred and thirty seven souls you know that entered, and three hundred and thirty four left. I mean, there were lots of reasons for that, but um, yeah, oh, this
1: is ridiculous to play out these <laughs> spring training games you know uh as well it's all it's all the plans are are just, you know, are, are, are potentially going to be wrecked.
0: You know, I was reading something um, where uh, basically a local health official in Ohio, if you saw the governor of Ohio yesterday essentially said no mass gatherings for sports events, yes. conferences, the whole thing, and somebody from the health departments, you know, it, it, it was sort of a, uh, a throwaway sort of, you know, medical professional line. Uh, it's just sports. Come on, this is serious stuff. This is life and death, which of course is true. But at the same time, it's our economy. You know, like the NCAA tournament is a billion dollar operation with thousands and thousands of people whose livelihoods depend on this. And I'm not talking about coaches in athletic departments and universities. I'm talking about people who work at arenas, people who run restaurants in, you know, towns where the sub-regionals are and the regionals are and Uber drivers and hotels and you know, this is this is the this is the stuff that is actually really scary is the impact on our economy. I mean, Italy has essentially shut down their whole country and their economy. Because why? Because this is you know, not serious. Uh, Somebody thinks it's serious. A lot of people think it's serious. And, um, but at the same time, you know, I, I read that line and I was like, yeah, you know, that's true. But if you're going to shut this kind of stuff down, you better be damn sure that you're not just doing it in case because you're impacting a lot of people's lives negatively by shutting it down too, you know, may not be costing them their lives, but then again, um you know it's- i
1: i agree I agree with you, but i mean if if you if you look up the track record of the way this thing has unfolded, just like in forty eight hours
0: I know it's
1: snowballing so quickly that what seems to be an overreaction <clears throat> is 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 basically you know within six hours seems reasonable behavior six hours later
0: you're right you know i have
1: i have, I have relatives in Italy and i've been in touch with them, and they said that the hospitals are are just packed
0: right they said that
1: that the that the, the i c u s have are in the hallways i mean the i c u s are so filled that they 've got people in the hallways there, and doctors are having to make difficult decisions sometimes about treating treating some of these people because they they don't have enough resources italy's Italy is in bad shape
0: yeah um Dr. Anthony Fauci, you know, who's been, you know, front and center in the White House press conferences on, you know, part of the the vice president Pence team on coronavirus just said moments ago, he was asked, is the worst yet to come? He said, yes, it is. Things are going to get worse. Bottom line, it's going to get worse. And, you know, the numbers keep climbing. I mean, it's now, you know, basically like, you know, I think approaching like 5,000 people worldwide have died from it. And I understand, like everybody keeps saying, do you know how mu- many people, how much the flu kills each year? I understand all that, but this is the early stages. Like we don't know what's to come in a, and it's a higher percentage. Like the fatality, like the death rate on this thing is like three times as high As it is for influenza, but even they don't know about that because they're expecting that percentage to go lower because so many cases that probably would have tested positive haven't been tested and they were very mild symptom cases that, you know, the people have gotten through and they never. So there are a lot of people that have probably had it and gotten through it already. Um, that aren't going to be counted in terms of the totality of number of people that have gotten it. Therefore, that percentage is going to stay high rather than going down. More likely, that percentage in terms of the death rate is going to come down than go up. At least, you know, it,
1: Well, because <coughs> of the volume of people.
0: Yeah. Um, uh,
1: but but you know, I saw an interesting uh, comparison to that on social media to this idea of you know only five thousand people have died. Your risk of dying. So many other ways are greater. And this person said, you're more likely to die in a car crash than a bear attack. But if you saw a bear running towards you on the road, (laughs) what would you do? Say,
0: oh, I don't have
1: to worry. I'm more likely to die in a car crash.
0: Yeah, no. Um, And it's running towards us. Uh, Angela Merkel, um, the German estimates now, and I read this a little while ago, They're estimating that two-thirds of Germans will will become infected. And I think that's the – I think like what your doctor told you and what my next-door neighbor told me – is that we are at the very beginning, and he said, you're going to know people that get infected with this. He said that it's going to be almost impossible to avoid either getting infected or knowing people close in your lives that will be infected and potentially hospitalized for it. And to your point, that's where you, know, you get another bottleneck, is hospitals and doctors yeah. and test kits and all of this. I mean and the you know when people start hunkering down you know the 911 thing was um you know we all remember m- most of us remember what it was like in this country you know post 911 for that first few days few weeks maybe even first few months it impacted the travel industry incredibly you know but within a couple of months people were back to sort of their normal routine you know it was more of like hey you know what this truly is like you know a risk that's a long shot and we, oh, by the way, we can't show fear because that's giving in to sort of what terrorists want. And this is different. This is something we can't see. This is something we can't predict right now. We've got no chance right now. uh, uh, You and I of, 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 of understanding truly what, what's going to happen with this. It's, it's a true pandemic, I think. I mean, at this point, I mean, it's over a hundred countries. I
1: mean, I mean, you know, I mean, you just, there's so many scenarios to be afraid of. Uh, like, what, what will our grocery stores look like in three weeks? Well,
0: I can you know, tell you what I mean, they look people, like right now. A lot of empty shelves. People,
1: yeah, people are, I mean, have to, have to, they have to ship the food. Somebody has to, has to uh, basically put the stuff on the shelves. What if those people are sick? What if they don't want to work? What if they've been told to stay home?
0: What have you and what have you done to prepare for this?
1: Well, again, uh, you know Liz is usually not as alarmous as I am, uh, but now she's on board with it as, as well. So uh, we haven't overstocked on any supplies or anything like that, but now I think our eyes have been opened a little bit, so we might tend to basically pick up some things here or there that we normally wouldn't need so much of, uh, you know, it, it's a thinking worst-case scenario. But the main thing I did was I bought the gloves. I, went, I, I purchased a couple of boxes of disposable <clears throat> gloves, and when I go out the door, I've got them on.
0: Remember, when you touch something with your gloves, you still can't take your gloves and touch your face. Or, oh, but you know... I
1: think that, that, that the gloves on my hand remind me not To
0: touch my face, you need you definitely need a reminder of of, of things, that's for sure.
1: I'm about to touch your face,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't today, um, yeah. I mean, it, I think it's uh, I mean, I, I feel like we've been taught. I mean, you and I haven't talked about it, but we've talked about it now a couple of days straight on the podcast. But you know, for a lot of the people that listen to this podcast, it's really going to hit home when you start watching these games in empty arenas. By the way, I found it interesting yesterday that you know the NBA basically you know you know shut LeBron's talk down, and now LeBron you know is saying I don't know if you saw this Tommy, but basically on Friday LeBron says I only play for the fans. If there are no fans, yeah, I, I ain't playing. You know? know, and then and then basically he was he was put in his place by a couple of team executives and, and league execs, and now he says he's considering. The uh, possibility of going ahead and playing in front of empty arenas because, you know, uh, people would be disappointed during this, you know, time if you didn't play. I mean, come on, man. You'll play because you got a contract that says you're going to play. But we're going to see games in empty arenas. The Ivy League canceled their tournament yesterday, canceled it outright. Didn't decide to play it in front of empty arenas, they just canceled it. The Mid American tournament is closed to the public. Um, the ACC tournament is not, uh, the big 10 tournament says, nope, we're okay. Um, there's some thought, um, that bigger arenas with better ventilation are going to be able to continue to play, um, while smaller arenas, high school arenas, et cetera, or, or, or gyms, you know, aren't going to be able to do this. um, You've already seen, you know, New Rochelle, New York, basically, you know, a mile square radius be completely locked in. They got the National Guard delivering things in and out of that place. It's getting crazy up in here.
1: I, yes, better, I better
0: start loading up on some stuff. I haven't bought anything.
1: Well, it might be a good idea because the stuff that you'll be looking for... It's probably not on the shelf right now. Yeah, it's not. You might want to go on the web and start shopping.
0: Yeah, I don't think we... Kara did try to get some hand sanitizer shipped via Amazon, I think, and they didn't have any. There was none. No. Um,
1: no. And we couldn't buy soap in Target the other day. Liquid soap that we used? Yeah. All gone. But I was able to buy some online. Right. I'm
0: scrubbing. I'm a scrubbing fool. I wash my hands. Uh, I. I'm that way anyway. I have some OCD tendencies, so I'm. I wash my hands a lot anyway. But I've been doing it even more uh, recently. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I, I, I you're walking around like I'm, we're sitting here in this studio, and it's like you know, it's just Aaron and, and and me here. But I don't know what Aaron's been into, and I don't know how clean he is. I'm not going anywhere near his part of the studio. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> but he still touches the handle on the door coming in and out, you know? Yeah. But he hasn't yeah. coughed yet. <clears throat> I've coughed more. But, you know, we're, this is uh, syncing up with, uh, with allergy season where people yes, you know, people cough, people sneeze, people, you know, I, I actually have some asthma associated with tree pollen, you know? Um, I better start loading up on those meds. <laughs> where can we go and just watch this from afar and be safe? I don't know if there is any place. All right. No, right. I did I had an uh I had an email for, or a tweet from somebody yesterday um that said uh it was from Leonard, not from Leonard, excuse me. Where is it here? <laughs> um Oh, it was from Vic. Vic said what are you guys doing, Sheehan? And I think this was probably more of a response to the radio show than the podcast. I'm not sure. He said, stop sp- spreading panic. This is a nothing burger. Um, I don't really think that it's a nothing burger anymore. It just isn't. It, it, and the reason it isn't is because you have I, you have no idea at this point what it is or what it isn't. Because the experts don't really seem to have a great handle on it either.
1: Look, I know... In this day and age, we're not exactly in the age of enlightenment, and and people with intelligence are 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 you know all of a sudden you know considered like uh, you know morons or something like that. But but the Harvard University has basically shut down. Yeah. they've told their students <laughs> to leave. Right,
0: right. I thought okay? the same thing. Yeah, these
1: these are some of the smartest people we have. I mean they have the re- they have at their at their fingertips some of the smartest scientists and doctors in the country and they've told their students get out
0: you know maybe maybe you just hit on the biggest alarm bell and that is that Harvard shut down and the Ivy League canceled their conference tournament. They didn't make it, you can't attend. They canceled it. And by the way, they yeah. got criticized from people saying that they overreacted, that they could have gone to empty buildings. This is the Ivy League. Okay, this is Princeton, Penn, Harvard, Yale, Dartmouth. You know, the list goes on and on. Um, th- this is the, uh, the, the actual Ivy League. They canceled the Big Ten you know they're going ahead with their tournament. The ACC going ahead with their tournament. Um, may, maybe that. Maybe maybe the fact that people at Brown and Cornell canceling their tournament should be an indication to the rest of the world that maybe they've got it right.
1: That's what I thought. I mean, you know, if 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 the if the pencil neck geeks think we should get out, then I'm with them. <laughs>
0: yeah uh exactly if all the advanced analytics guys are out we maybe we should reconsider here what we're doing on a daily yeah. basis all right um anyway uh you you're not le- you don't le- you can go out and walk around during the day i don't know why you're going in to do the radio show you better make sure they've got some spray and that the the um you know the mics are clean and the in the studios are clean why can't you do that from home well, because I can't do
1: two hours uh, and four hours from home. Yeah. Uh, and listen, they, they've, they've already sent out a memo about the steps that they've taken to clean the studio. Yeah, they did that at all. And it just so happens, uh, one of the things I did buy that has arrived are windscreens. Yeah. So, so I can bring my own yeah. and use my own on the microphone. You
0: should. Now. You should. In fact, yeah. I'm looking at my windscreen right now. I got to get a new windscreen on here. Now I'm the only yeah. one that uses well, this. Well, I,
1: I ordered them online and they came within a day. Right. Oh, good for yeah. you. Yeah.
0: Um, do you think? Do you think I have a responsibility to send out a, an internal email to you and Aaron about what the Kevin Sheehan Show podcast is doing to keep the studio clean and keep everybody safe?
1: I think for legal purposes, if you want to protect yourself <laughs>
0: from the coming lawsuit, yes, yeah, I think you do. Well, you're not an employee, nor is Aaron. You're both ten ninety nine <laughs> independent contractors. So I, I don't know that I need to do that, but uh, I'm going to look into it. I'm going to have I'm going to have counsel look into that to see what I need to do um, as the uh, as the sole partner of this operation. Um, all right, um, do you want to talk some sports or not? Yes, absolutely. Okay. While we can. Um, well, one last thing. What do you think? I, the biggest event in the in in this country, sports wise, is March Madness. In terms of what's you know about to happen here, you know what's upcoming. It's it's the month of March. It's about college basketball. G- give me a prediction on how it gets impacted.
1: I think uh, before it's all said and done, it'll all be canceled. They won't even play in empty arenas. It'll all be done.
0: Too much money involved for that. Boy, you buried the lead, didn't you? You waited 15 minutes, 20 minutes into the podcast to hit me with that? You think March tournament's going to be canceled?
1: They may start it, but at some point, I don't think they'll finish it.
0: My prediction on March Madness is that one team ends up having to forfeit, at least one ends up happy, having to drop out of the tournament at some point, you know? And Aaron,
1: there's too much money involved. Where's the Final Four this year?
0: Atlanta. It at? Atlanta.
1: What if the governor of Georgia declares no, no live sporting events?
0: Then they'll find another empty arena to play it somewhere. There's too much money in the TV. That's where they get mo- the NCAA oh. gets most of the money.
1: I get that. But, I mean, who's going to be the governor to say, okay – Come here and bring your disease-filled tournament
0: to us. Larry Hogan. (laughs) Played in Royal Farms Arena up in Baltimore. Yeah. We can play at Xfinity Center and pack it with Maryland fans when they play. Um, I I think Aaron's right. I don't think that the Final Four, I don't think the NCAA tournament, unless you get teams that get infected – and the teams start dropping like flies in terms of being forced to forfeit, <clears throat> that would obviously impact the tournament and perhaps postpone it, um, and we might end up with August Madness. Um, but You see, at,
1: at some point, at some point, the people in charge will not be the people uh, who, who, are, who deal with the money.
0: Well yeah, they're not they can't they can't play it in someone's backyard. They have to play it in, in, in an arena in a city where they have where they get approval from and if the if the states are all shutting down live sporting events and they've got nowhere to go, where would they stage it? Outdoors on, on a cruise ship? ship? Yeah, maybe on, on a cruise ship. Well, they've played college aircraft basketball carrier. games on an aircraft carrier. So uh, yeah, I it's I think I think a lot of wild stuff is still to come. I'm with you on that. I I would probably, I'd probably be on Aaron's side on this one that you're not, you're going to get through the end of March and early April. Um, Sands told me this morning on the radio show that the, uh, you can, you can get a master's ticket for next to nothing right now because it's such an international event, Tommy, and nobody is coming to the masters from outside of this country. Yeah. And, and by the way, I don't think the Masters wants a lot of the international people coming in um to, th- this for this particular tournament. So, uh you could you can go to the Masters this year apparently for next to nothing. <laughs> but uh, it, t- tickets are available and I, I don't think in in the normal way of purchasing tickets but probably the aftermarket StubHub and others. Um all right. Um Stamps.com brings all of the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer. You save time. You save money. Do you really want to be at the post office right now? By the way, this coronavirus might be the best thing for companies like Stamps.com. You don't have to go to the post office. You don't have to be in public places. Use Stamps.com right in your own office. You save money with discounts. You you can't even get at the post office. Whether you're a small office sending invoices or an online seller shipping out products or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, stamps.com handles it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24 7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, hand it to your mail carrier or drop it in a mailbox. It's that simple. Uh, Time isn't the only thing you'll be saving. With Stamps.com, you get $0.05 off every first-class stamp and up to 40% off shipping rates. Not to mention, it's a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. There's no equipment to lease, no long-term commitments required either. Stamps.com saves you time, money. It's no wonder 700,000 small businesses are already using Stamps.com. Right now, our listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage, and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Go to Stamps.com, click on the mic at the top of the homepage, and type in Kevin DC, K-E-V-I-N-D-C. That's Stamps.com, enter Kevin DC. So we haven't talked together, I don't believe, correct me if I'm wrong, about the decision by the Redskins, as reported by Diana Russini first last week, um that Trent Williams can go seek a trade for himself. I spent a lot of time I think on Friday on the show talking about it and even a little bit more time early this week. Um what uh what was your reaction? Do you do you have any thoughts on that?
1: You know, I've grown kind of numb to the, the Trent Williams thing like a lot of people have. Uh you know, because in part uh and you and I have been on the same page on this. You know, Trading him now seems anticlimactic when the time to trade him for value, to get the most value, was before all this ever happened. And it's it's just another reminder of the self-inflicted wounds that this Redskins organization has has put upon themselves. Now they're going to trade Trent Williams. uh, When his trade value, arguably, well, certainly not as strong as it would have been if you traded him after last season, you know, uh, before all, all the stuff hit. And I think you and I agree that's when he should have been dealt. Uh, so I'm kind of, like, numb to it. Uh, does it mean he's definitely going to get traded? Uh, what if he doesn't get – what if he – do you think he'll get the money that he wants? If it's $20 million a year, I don't think anyone's going to pay him that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I do I... I mean, honestly, right now, I I would say that someone will pay him a contract that he'll accept. It'll be near the top of the market, if not at the top of the market, and that someone will part with at least a second round pick for him. That's what I would guess. Um, But um, Tommy, my position is if you're the Redskins and you don't get at least a top, you know, An early second round pick, somewhere in the top 10 to 12 picks of the second round, that you basically say to him, Nope, you're coming back and playing for us. You know, until we get a better offer, you're playing for us. And if you don't want to play, you can sit out again because he's not going to sit out again. And the Redskins could then threaten to franchise tag him next year. You know, if he said, Well, I'll sit out and become a free agent next year, I'd tell him, Really? We might franchise tag you next year. Uh, Now we're basically ending your career you know so you you're going to have to make a decision here you know if you don't if you can't get the contract or we can't get the compensation back we want you to play for us this year 12 million you know 12.5 million and then you know you know sort of maybe you make a commitment to them that you you'll let it, you'll turn him loose next year you know for whatever the compensatory pick would be it'd be like a third round compensatory pick but um i think eventually somebody you know whether it is before the draft or after the draft if they don't get what they're looking for They'll figure out a deal, and they'll give the Redskins something that makes sense. Um, It won't be what they could have gotten. You know, it's really interesting, Tommy, this whole Trent Williams thing. The reporting on the compensation that the Redskins could have had, you know, when they should have traded him you know, has been all over the place. You know, in the moment, you know, there were reports that Cleveland was willing to offer a first, that Houston was very interested. I know that the Patriots were at least willing to consider offering a first, you know, but that then they found out what Trent wanted in, in terms of a contract extension, and they never got to actually offering it, but they were considering it. It would have, you know, in New England's case, been in very much an end of the first round kind of a pick. Um And, you know, Kime and Standing and a couple of others have essentially been, you know, have been told and they've reported that the compensation the Redskins could have gotten last year wasn't what people think, that it was much less than what people think. And I've actually had a conversation with John and with Ben, and I've said, look, it's in the Redskins' interest— to tell you or to tell people, if that's where you got it, that they weren't offered much for Trent. They don't want to look stupid. you know. They don't want to look like they turned down all of these great deals. But moreover, they never made him available. So you never really knew what you could get because they told people they weren't talking trade. They weren't going to trade Trent. That was their position publicly. Remember John Dorsey of Cleveland said they couldn't get a call returned yeah from Bruce Allen, so until you actually make them available, you really don't know what the value would be. They can tell you that there's not any interest, and it's in their best interest to to leak that out. But I know this: Laramie Tunsell was traded from from Miami to Houston for two first rounders, two players, and a second round pick, right? I think that's what it was it was uh it was Tunsil and Kenny stills for two first rounders, a second round pick, and two players. If you cut that in half because Tunsil's younger than Trent, you still end up with a first at minimum, if not like a first and maybe a fourth or something like that, or a first and a player. Um, you can anybody can do the math and say Houston was would have been interested in Trent Williams had the Redskins made him available. And if they were interested in Trent, they could have gotten Trent for half the cost of Tunsil. You know, they could have gotten Trent for one first rounder. So I I don't buy that the compensation available for Trent had he been made available wasn't what you know we thought. Hence, right, the Redskins didn't make a big mistake because there really wasn't a market for Trent Williams. There was a bigger market then because he had two years left on his deal. Um and uh and and you didn't have a draft upcoming that's loaded with left tackles, so I if they get a first now or if they get a high second, then we'll look back on it and say you know what they could have done a little bit better, but you know they ended up all right. If they can't get something now for him that matches you know at least an early second, then they they effed it up. Um, but but anyway, I, I just think it's been an interesting conversation because. I've talked with people, all right, and, you know, they've tried to feed me some of the same stuff. You know, there was no market. No one was interested in Trent. You know, we, we could have gotten Jadavian Clowney straight up for Trent, but, you know, we would have had to pay Clowney and then lose him after this year. Um, first of all, Jadavian Clowney is a pretty significant offer for Trent Williams. Uh, he's a, he's a he's a pretty pretty damn good player defensively. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I you know I would have loved to have seen Clowney in a redskin uniform, but the reason I was against it then is you were going to have to pay him a boatload of money um, uh, in addition to to uh, having him there, but. I don't know if you if you think I'm right or somebody like Kime and Standig are right. And look, I'm I'm not debating or ref, you know, refuting their reporting. I just think I've been told by people, yeah, you're you're you, we weren't offered anything it, that that you know there were reports about. It. No one was interested in Trent. I just I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it at all. Look,
1: I I, I agree with you at this point. I was told. By somebody uh, uh, with another organization, that if they had put Trent Williams uh, on the trading block, there would have been a lot of offers for him, and it would have easily guarded at least one first-round pick. Uh, you know, if if they had been even even after the medical stuff, even when he demanded to be traded, you know, I mean, even you know, if, if they had waited till then, it it still would have guarded them uh, a first-round pick. But uh, look, you know you're, you're 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 very kind in your assessment. But this is the problem with the, the coverage of this team. Period is that you what you get is what they want you. To, what what you know is what they want you to know at Redskins Park. If you cover this team, and you need to be sophisticated or good enough to basically say I don't need to listen to these people. They're lying to me. I need to find my information someplace else.
0: The bottom line is they told you, and they told, and they said publicly, we're not trading Trent. So you never really, more likely than not, had a sense and got us a true sense of what you could have gotten had you essentially, at least, you know, inside the, you know, on the phones with other teams, maybe not publicly, said, "Hey, he is on the block." You know, make your best offer. We've got teams interested. I just think they were, you know, they were going to make him pay. Um, they were pissed. They were going to make him live up to his contract. They, you know, as, as Les Carpenter wrote, and I'll never forget this line: um, his sources told him that that Bruce Allen wants to see Trent Williams bleed, figuratively you know and they're going to make him bleed until he comes in and you know the bottom line is if if the contract demands from Trent were over the top i understand how that impacts trade value i do you know if trent's telling teams i need 20 million a year or, i need 25 million a year then teams are going to be fewer teams are going to be interested you know but if you would put him up if he'd been available right after the 2018 season you know even before you know, he had that surgery. If he had been available right before the season started in 2019, you know, and you didn't wait until he had sat for eight, nine weeks before the trade deadline, I think you could have certainly gotten something significant. No less than a second and a third, and I think probably a first, and maybe even a first plus, um, I think would have been uh, in play for him. But... Um what it is now, who knows, because Trent only has one year left on his deal, and he wants big money. And part of it is uh, I think he wants to make up some of that money he lost a year ago by sitting out. Yeah,
1: yeah, he probably does. Listen, uh, you're, you say if, if you don't get a high second, maybe a top ten second-round pick, then you hang on to him? I mean, it seems to me it would be in the Redskins' best interest moving forward to move him. Even if you don't get what you want, you'll you'll get the pick, and he won't have his twelve million dollars salary on the books anymore. So you'll have won't you have more money to, to spend in free agency? Yep. I mean that's doesn't and I mean they've already got their pockets you know overflowing with free agency cash. This will just add to it. So even if you don't get the draft pick that you want, you get let's say you get a third round. Uh, he's off your books
0: yeah but she... and
1: plus, if, if you're trying to change the culture as Ron Rivera is trying to do, uh Trent Williams, whether I mean through his actions, and I'm not questioning when he plays, how hard he plays, and what a good player he is, but the Trent williams uh whole scenario is indicative of Redskin's past, and you want Redskin's future.
0: I understand all that, and I understand your position. And you made this clear that you think it would be awkward, et cetera. I I, I don't know how awkward it would be if he played at twelve and a half million. The players like him inside that locker room. I don't think it would be a disruption. I think it would be a media dis- disruption for the team potentially. And I would agree well, with you. If it's a
1: media disruption,
0: then it, it's a disruption. I would agree with you that if I'm Ron Rivera, you know, I'm trying to create a new culture here, and I, you know, he doesn't want to be here, and I'd like to move on from him. With that said. You know, part of moving on and creating a new culture and creating a new chance is not giving away great players, A players. And Trent Williams is an A player. And you really don't have many A players on your roster. Um, You can't give him away for what you would get for him in a compensatory selection a year from now. Which, you know, especially when you, by, by trading him, you're also creating a significant need, you know, immediately. You don't have a left tackle. You know you left tackle now becomes a priority in free agency, a priority potentially in the draft you know you 've got and I know they came up with Donald Penn last year and he played well, played really well, but he 's not under contract right now look the the top ten picks or the top twelve picks in the second round include teams that will will be interested the chargers, the dolphins, the cardinals, the browns. You know, all of those teams are right there. You know, if you get to Denver, they've got the forty-sixth overall pick, so that's like fourteenth. That's top half of the second round. I'd consider that the Jets are at forty-eight. If you start getting there, then I'm taking a second, and I'm asking for a fourth on top of it. You know, th- that's my only point. Is I'm not giving him away. I'm not giving him away for what I'll get if he plays for me this year, and I don't have to fill the need this year. And he plays for me, by the way, for a really good number. And, by the way, should have the incentive to play really well so that he gets yeah. a big-time contract next year. I'm not giving him away for nothing. And the reporting so far, and I, and I actually just remembered this, that I read something last night that essentially said the Redskins are not giving him away for a third or a fourth-round pick, that somebody's going to have to come up with something much better than that. And I think they're right on this. He is worth unless for whatever reason this you know, the the uh the, the issue with the scalp is still sort of a question mark for teams, but if the medical clears, Trent Williams is a, a really good player with 2 to 3 really good years left. And I know he's missed games because of injuries, and that's got to be factored into it too. And the contract's the biggest factor. What's the team yeah. going to have to play it, pay him? The more they got to pay him, the less they're going to want to give up in compensation. But that's that's not the, that's not the team's issue. The team's issue is we got a player. You decide if you want to pay him. But if you do, this is what we're going to need for 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 it to happen. I I would I would not you know as people said Tommy back in the Donovan McNabb days I would not try to do right by by Trent you know uh the the McNabb thing people just wanted him released like you've already put him through hell just release him already okay fine well you would have missed out on Alfred Morris you know uh, because that's what you got for the sixth rounder that the Vikings gave gave you for McNabb and I'm not giving Trent Williams away I'm just not going to do it um
1: I know but I don't think I don't think the difference between a high second and a high third is worth hanging on to him at this point. On the other hand, you do need somebody to protect phil Rivers' blind side.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, you do. Um, all right. Here's the thing that I wanted to do with you today. Um because Clinton Portis was on with me yesterday at the very end, and I appreciate all the feedback. Clinton was really, really good yesterday. It was a really interesting conversation with Clinton Portis, and he revealed something that I don't think had been revealed before, and that is that he asked for a trade, um, asked for his release or trade at the end of the 2008 season. I mean, he could not stand Zorn. Um, he, was, yeah. he was done with Zorn. He was ready to move on and told Dan, and Dan wouldn't trade him, wouldn't release him. Um, but um, – so two days ago I talked about this on the podcast, and then I brought it up with uh I brought it up with Clinton yesterday, and of course I have to bring this Aaron up with Tommy as well, and that is the Dwayne Haskins Instagram post from over the weekend. Did you see it?
1: No, I didn't.
0: Oh man, usually you're the ones that you're the one that sees this. So anyway, Dwayne Haskins on Instagram put out a post with an illustration of him throwing a pass to Stefan Diggs in a Redskins uniform wearing number fourteen, um, and said in the Instagram post, DMV connection. And um and you know, there I, I saw it, I think, on, you know, the day somebody sent it to me. I'm not following him on on Instagram, sorry. I'm not doing it, but people sent it to me and said, What do you think? And so uh, on Monday, I talked about what I thought. And a lot of people were critical of, of the way I thought, which is fine. You didn't change my mind. I was very clear on that. Um, my reaction essentially was I didn't like it. You know, I, I said, number one, you know, y- you know, there's there's some borderline tampering issues here. Number two, I don't think a guy with seven starts with a hell of a lot to prove should be openly recruiting, should be trying to play GM. And more importantly than all of that is that it creates at least the slight impression that the current group that he has of receivers isn't good enough for him. There you go. There you go. And I I gave the, the following analogy. I said, how would Dwayne feel if Terry McLaurin put out an Instagram post showing him, McLaurin, catching a pass from Jameis Winston and saying Tampa to Washington? You know, how would he feel? And people, you know, snapped back and said, not the same thing. You know, it's receivers. There are four or five of them on the field, and it's just one quarterback. And I understand it's not directly apples to apples. But anyway, I had Clinton on the show yesterday. And Clinton, in addition to revealing a lot and telling some really good stories about Zorn in particular in that 2008 and 2009 seasons, um, I asked him what he thought, and his immediate reaction was, he shouldn't do it. And he, Aaron, he brings up the same analogy. And he said, what if one of the Redskin receivers, I think he said McLaurin, you know, Instagrammed a, 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 a picture or an illustration of him catching a pass from, I forget who he mentioned. Did he say Tua or somebody? I forget who it was that he, that he mentioned. But anyway... I just said, so you would have recommended that he not do this, and Clinton said, yeah, it's not. It's, it's, he shouldn't do it. And he said, you know, in part because it's going to get a media reaction, and he doesn't need that. But um, anyway, um, I knew you would have a reaction to this, so what is it?
1: Well, this is the same thing that happened to Bryce Harper a couple years ago in the offseason. Uh, the Nationals had just signed... a a catcher. One of the first moves the Nationals made in the winter of 2018, uh, uh, No, after the 2017 season, their offseason was to sign a catcher named Derek Norris. Now, ultimately, he would be finished and would not be a good catcher. But the plan was that Derek Norris was going to be their catcher moving forward Uh, into the 2018 season. So at one point during, during that season, Bryce Harper tweets out something about JT Riamuco, who was a catcher, a free agent catcher, basically saying, we need to bring this guy here. Well, he had a teammate for six weeks who had that job in Derek Norris, and basically he was saying, I'm sorry, but we're gonna, I, I want somebody else to play catcher for us. You know, it's a bad form for if, if you're a teammate. It's a terrible look to do something like that. I mean, I'm sure those receivers think that, that you know, they're going to win a job. And they're excited about maybe playing with Dwayne. And, and you would think that Dwayne Haskins would be excited about playing with his receivers, not the, not the Vikings' receivers.
0: Yeah, and now, you know, a lot of people said, look, you don't get it, these younger people, they just want they love, you know, social media, they love talking about teaming up with other people. Somebody had the the gall to call in um on Monday and suggest, "Well, LeBron James did it." And I said, "Really? You you're, you're going to compare Dwayne to LeBron James? I'll tell you what, after 4 pro bowls, uh, I, Dwayne can send out one Instagram post recruiting somebody. Um but not after 7 starts, but You know the the point was others made that you know these young receivers they probably don't even care they're probably all in on Stephon Diggs and they're probably you know and somebody pointed out that Dwayne uh, that um, Daron Payne and John Allen have been you know sort of openly sort of talking about Amari Cooper and maybe a couple of other former Alabama players and I know this is what players do but Dwayne's the quarterback. Leadership has been the thing that's been talked about. You know, they want to see him take over that leadership mantle. Joe Gibbs told me that on the radio show 2 weeks ago. It's the, it's the leadership thing. Everybody's waiting to see. And you know, after 7 starts, you're not the GM. You shouldn't be openly recruiting. You shouldn't be talking about players coming in that would be, you know, Terry McLaurin people think is a number 1 receiver. Well, we know Stephon Diggs is a number 1 receiver. So if you're advocating for Diggs, it almost says that, you know, you think McLaurin's more of a number two, you know, or, you know, and I understand, no, it's the more, the merrier she, and you're trying to win, you're trying to win. Okay, that's fine. Let the team go get Stefan Diggs then. Let Kyle Smith and Ron Rivera do their job. I just, you're not going to change my mind that after seeing that, It was just a bit off-putting, and that's coming from somebody, as I've said uh, multiple times this week, that likes Dwayne, that's rooting for Dwayne, that thinks Dwayne can be a really good quarterback. I'm I'm hoping to be right about that. You know, we we all like to be right more than we're wrong, and we're wrong a lot. You know, in in this in this forum, I went out on a limb a little bit early on saying I see something in Dwayne, and that was after not seeing something. From uh, from Ohio State, but I changed my mind. So I want it to work out for him. But this is the kind of stuff that makes maybe older people—I don't know—but makes some of you, you know, sort of hesitate. You know, it's the, it's the, you know, it's it's all the stuff. It's the league done messed up. It's the marketing company. It's the. You know, it's the uh, selfies with still a snap left in the game. It's some of those press conferences. It's some of the social media. You know, like, just go out, get yourself better, become a really good quarterback and start winning games and playoff games. And then some of this stuff won't really be red flag anymore.
1: You know, I get we get this a lot, that we don't understand the culture, you know, the culture of the young people and, and we, we, we don't particularly understand it. Well just because something is the culture doesn't make it right. You know? I mean there's all kinds of cultures all around the all around the world with all sorts of age groups. And some of them are, are, are right and some of them just aren't right. And in this case, their culture, his culture, the I mean and I'm talking about young people here this culture of, you know, what they like to do on social media, that's fine. But now they're entering a culture of team where, you know, they've got to, and and, and the one guy who has to bring them all together from all the other cultures is the quarterback. You know, he's the one guy who has to, to be able to speak to all the cultures on the team. So, I mean, just because young people do this, that doesn't make it right. You know, I mean, this is absurd, this social, well, you don't understand young people, you know? Well, maybe I don't, but you know what? They're not going to be young forever, and then they're going to look back and realize what a dunce I was then. I didn't do anything, and look at me. Look what I was doing. And they all, they all get to that point. Almost all of them do, you know? Yeah. I'll bet you if you ask Jeff George now, I bet you he'd say leadership isn't overrated.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Maybe, although he seemed like a bit of a dummy. Um, uh, Bottom line, I think Dwayne Haskins has a chance to be a really good quarterback. I wish that he um, would stay away from things like this. I mean, Clinton Portis is older, more mature, and he said yesterday he would recommend that he not do it. That if he'd come to him and said, should I do this, he shouldn't do it. Um,
1: and, And Clinton at this stage in his life has gained that wisdom. But Clinton would have been front and center <laughs> on
0: Twitter, and so Joe mean, would Joe Theismann.
1: Yes, Clinton would have been a Twitter star. All I mean, he'd be all over the place. Yeah.
0: So. Um, quick word about mybookie.ag. It's March. It's springtime. It's March Madness. Hopefully, right around the corner. Hopefully, the tournament doesn't get canceled. Um, but you're you're going to have a lot of conference championship games this weekend as well. Uh, You're going to be filling out brackets, putting money on futures, being in Calcutta's, all that stuff. If you want to bet on games – Go to mybookie.ag. It's easy to use. They pay fast when you win, and they'll let you bet on just about anything, not just games. MyBookie should be your sportsbook home for March Madness. Visit mybookie.ag today. Deposit with my promo code, KevinDC, and you'll get a 50% bonus. That's promo code KevinDC. Kevin DC at mybookie.ag you play you win you get paid. One other quick redskins topic um, that I didn't do yesterday cuz I wanted to save it for you I did it on the radio show yesterday. If you take if you take the typical NFL anything can happen, you know, answer for just about anything cuz it is it's 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 a, it's a reasonable answer in the NFL which is Sure, that team could end up going to the playoffs. They could have complete health. Their schedule could break right. They could win the turnover battle because the ball bounces their way. The other teams in their division could suck. It happens all the time, going from last to first, you know, going from non-playoffs to playoffs. And it's not really predicated on whether or not you have a good organization or not. You know, um, bad organizations go to the playoffs. Bad organizations don't have sustained success, but they go to the playoffs every once in a while. So taking away that as a reason, The anything is possible in the NFL reason, do you think there's any chance the Redskins could win the NFC East next year? Yeah, I do. Why?
1: I, I think there is. Well, I, I, I have a I'm going to operate on the assumption that Ron Rivera is smarter than uh the decision makers who have been there before and Greg Smith uh and uh all the other Kyle decision Smith. makers in the building. Kyle Smith is smarter than uh the decision makers I'm going to assume that the building got smarter okay and we're we're pretty early in the stage for Dan Snyder to basically you know uh, screw that up so uh, if they're, if you have smarter decision makers and you have, uh, the chance to really dip into the free agent market to bring in some key people and you've got, uh, a decent draft, particularly if you do move Trent Williams and wind up with a second rounder in terms of what's available to you. Uh, in terms of the, the young defensive players that they had in that front seven last year, I think they have a chance to have a really good defense. Uh, I think they probably will bring in people that you know they have a lot of needs on offense. They need two tight ends at least, uh, you know, and maybe a left tackle uh, at, at some point. But uh, the Eagles are are iffy. The Cowboys are iffy, and the Giants they have a new coach. So I think I don't. I think the NFC East there is there for the taking. For somebody, so do I think they will? No. Do I think they could? Yes.
0: Okay. Well, the answer is: Do you think they could? The, the yes. question, I'm sorry, is: Do you think they could? Um, I don't think they can. God, it's funny because I was is expecting I was expecting your answer to be emphatically no. Um, I don't think they can this year, and I'm going to give you two primary reasons. One is that. What you spoke about is true. They've had a coaching change, but a coaching change and a culture change are two different things. The Redskins need to undergo a culture change organizationally, and that doesn't take one year. You can can have a coaching staff change in a good organization and be like, oh, this staff's much better than the one we just had. We're going to be much better. And I do think that Ron Rivera obviously is a much better coach than Jay Gruden and that Jack Del Rio is going to be a much better defensive coordinator than Greg Minuski, you know, and and hopefully Ron Rivera's hired a staff that's first rate and much better. But they've got a culture change. This is going to be Ron Rivera, you know, involved in this place. This this place that we know that not everybody would want to be a part of. Um Bruce Allen's gone. That's a great sign that this could be a new day, but he's still got the owner. He's still got, you know, a lot of uh, people in the building in a lot of different areas of the building that have understood they've been working in a dysfunctional place for a while. There's a culture change that needs to take place. I think it takes longer than a year. Secondly, and this is you know just as important, I think, is that even though I believe Dwayne Haskins has a chance to be a good quarterback in this league, it's still a major question mark. So... You're not sure about the quarterback and the culture change takes more than a year. I don't think that they can win the NFC East outside of the typical if everything breaks their way and they hit the inside straight. I don't think that they can win the NFC East. But you... Okay.
1: Let's say uh, the coaching change is worth two wins automatically. Right. That, gives, that puts them at five wins. Yeah. Let's say a better personnel roster – Is good for two more wins. Okay, that puts them at seven wins. If you're seven and nine in the NFC East, you're within a game or two breaking your way of winding up winning the division.
0: (laughs) That's how you're going to. This is where you're going to get to. They can win the division seven and nine. Seven and nine. If you're (laughs) no,
1: if you're seven and nine, then. Maybe one or two games go your way that shouldn't.
0: Well, the one or two games that go your way that shouldn't, you've already given via the coaching staff. No, no, uh, no, no. Yeah, no. You're, you're
1: winning those automatically oh, okay. because you have better coaches.
0: Okay. Um, better
1: coaches, better personnel equals four wins.
0: I would say then, that then if, you, if you think somebody can win a division outside of the the, the typical, you know, Team hitting the inside straight you better come up with a way to get to at least nine and seven before you get those two games that also go your way that you could be 11 and five
1: reasonable point
0: (laughs) because you you, you worked hard to get them to seven and nine i think they could be an eight and eight team next year I think they could improve by 5 games just because they're much better coached and maybe a Chase Young makes the defense much better. You know, we've talked a lot about the defensive talent, you know, over the last couple of years. That defensive talent last year wasn't coached well, we know that. It still should have been better than dead last on 3rd down. So, yes. let's let's remember that all those players that we think, a lot of you think are great, John Allen, DeRon Payne, Matt Ionitis, Landon Collins. You know, they were on the field for all of those third downs, or a lot of them. And they sucked on third down. One of the worst teams in recent memory on third downs. A lot of that's coaching and can, can be changed by coaching. But are they going to all of a sudden be a top five, top 10 defense? I doubt it. I think they will make significant improvement, though, with Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. I do. And maybe the addition of Chase Young, hopefully. Um, would would add to that as well but i i don't Good. see them possibly winning the division unless every single thing broke their way uh like it does every once in a while for nfl teams um i had two more things for you actually three more things um did you watch Maryland clinch the big 10 title did you see Turgeon's reaction to it or read about it just wanted to see what your uh, yes reaction I was did. to it and w- 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 yes, w- I did. what were your thoughts
1: i'm i'm fine, I'm fine with it I, I he should be he should express that kind of emotion. Uh I, I I think it was great. I I mean I think I mean he is he he followed Gary Williams. I and mean, he and we still kind of forget that. You know? And uh and there's a segment of the fan base that you deal with all the time that just doesn't want doesn't seem to want the guy to succeed. You know, or whatever the guy does isn't good enough for him. So I was happy for him. Uh, I think it was a great way to go into the, into the, you know, March madness. I mean, the conference tournament, like you said, they don't mean anything. Uh, and you know, he might as well celebrate now because if my scenario turns out to be true, there won't be any NCAA tournament yeah. games to celebrate about. <laughs> yeah.
0: He may look good celebrating and cutting down the nets. It may be the last opportunity yeah. to do it. Um, I'm fine with it. The other thing I uh, he's got to do, he's he's got to get to the second weekend, um minimum. Um or people will will completely discard uh the Big 10 regular season title. It's got to get to the second weekend next week if there yes, is if, if there is a second weekend. Um the other thing too, you know, it's conference championship weekend and I don't Aaron, I don't know how you feel. You haven't been invested in it as long as I have because I grew up with the ACC tournament being very important. You know, in, uh, you know, really, on the on the overall sports landscape, the ACC tournament was a big deal. You know, the ACC tournament was one of the toughest tickets in sports, in all of sports, for a long period of time. And it was something that I grew up with every year. It was, it was a big weekend. In many ways, winning the ACC tournament was like uh, almost better than winning the NCAA tournament. You know, a a lot of Maryland fans, that 2004 win over Duke to win the ACC tournament was for some people even better than beating Indiana two years earlier in the national championship game. But um, now, and it's primarily, um, uh, the, the, the reason is primarily because of conference reshuffling and it just doesn't feel the same if you're a Big East fan and you grew up with the Big East, you know, and those great Big East tournament games in the Garden and the ACC tournament, like I did with the ACC tournament, meaning so much. And remember, for years, the ACC tournament was the only league in the country that had a conference tournament, and it was the it was their way of determining who went on to the NCAA tournament, you know. And then every league followed the ACC um, and their conference tournament, and it and this week became a really big. Big week in sports you know on the sports calendar I don't feel it that that that, I don't feel like it is anymore um I know that these games get rated pretty well but not great not like they used to um I don't know if you're a Maryland fan you know how you know how you get up for the Big Ten tournament if you're a Syracuse fan you know how you don't miss the Big East tournament you know Look! Look at the ACC with Louisville and Syracuse and Pitt and UConn's—you know—somewhere else. I mean, the Big East tournament. Well, how many teams are in the Big East now? Ten? Is it ten in the Big East? And you got Creighton as the number one seed. I just don't feel it for this conference championship weekend. I'm going to be watching certainly Maryland in the Big Ten tournament. I'm going to be rooting for them to play well. I'd love to see a matchup with Michigan State on Saturday but it just doesn't mean as much anymore. Do, do you think, I, I think that's actually the sentiment of a lot of sports fans that used to feel this way, but I'm not going to speak for everybody. We took calls and a lot of people agreed with me this morning, but you know what this used to be, you know, on the sports calendar. It's different now, isn't it?
1: Yes, it's much different. Here Here's, here's how to digest a tournament. If your team wins the tournament championship, it's a big deal. If they don't, it
0: doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I, yeah. If they win a big 10 tournament, I'll be excited. You know, I'll yeah. be happy for them. i you know, but if, but if you told me right now they lose on Friday night to Penn state, but they get to the sweet 16 minimum, I'll take that right now. Obviously. Like, it's not even comparable. And I don't even know if it I was comparable right. in years past. But still, the excitement level for the Big East tournament or the ACC tournament was, was real. You know. It, and I don't, think it, I don't think it's the same thing anymore. I, I used to know dudes that would be headed to Greensboro right now or headed to New York. You know, one of the two. Yeah, we're going to be up at the Garden. We're going to be up for the Big East tournament. We're going to Greensboro. We're going to the ACC tournament. I don't know nearly as many people that are making plans to go to these things anymore. And I'm not talking and it's not because of coronavirus, although that should be a reason. But um, anyway, um, two more quick things. XFL ratings way down. I mean, they are tanking. Did you guys see this? The XFL is barely drawing flies now on television. Um, The college basketball, the NBA, you know, beat it uh, all weekend long. I think it's the third straight weekend or second straight weekend it's beaten it. I mean, I can only imagine that during March Madness, if it doesn't get canceled, um, that these numbers are going to be down to, to next to nothing. I mean, they are way off from that week one curiosity factor, which isn't surprising necessarily. Um, but you would have thought before the tournament started, they would have kept the ratings up, but they're they're way off. And then here's one last thing before we go for the day. Ian Rappaport tweeted this out yesterday, that Robert Griffin III has been a name discussed in trade talks this offseason. And he's got a year left on his deal in Baltimore, two and a half million bucks. Um, it's, it's all base salary. So the, the Ravens could trade him without any sort of salary cap implication. They could cut him and not owe him anything because it's all base salary. It's not a guaranteed contract. Griffin's been Lamar Jackson's backup. I think most of you know for the last now two seasons, right? Two seasons in Baltimore. Um, if Rappaport is correct, and Griffin's name has been bandied about as a trade possibility. I would suggest to both of you that it's not because a team wants him to come in and back somebody up, that if somebody's considering trading for Robert Griffin III, it's because they want him to start or they want him to compete for the starting job. Um, and I started thinking about you know teams that sort of play the style that Griffin's been playing as a backup, and even, you know, he's gotten into some games. Um, and whether or not those teams, you know, have needs or whether or not they have, you know, sort of coaches that may move to that sort of style. And I would suggest that if Tennessee somehow loses Tannehill and doesn't get Brady, that Tennessee's a possibility. Um, that uh, Jacksonville, depending on their situation at quarterback, could be a possibility. I don't think Denver's a possibility right now. They have Drew Locke. I think they're going to go with Drew Locke. Um, and I had one other one. What was the other one? Denver
1: oh. is never going to be a possibility. I mean, you know who John Elway is. <laughs> I know. Just one of his confidants. I, I understand that.
0: Um, okay. The other, the other one I had was uh, Carolina with Matt Rule. You know, if Cam isn't the guy and they let Cam go. Now, they did sign Kyle Allen. Did you see they signed Kyle Allen, um, who was a restricted free agent, to a, a one-year deal. They played a, a lot of Kyle Allen, uh, uh, Allen last year. But Carolina with college coach Matt Rule taking over at Carolina with a guy like McCaffrey. I could see potentially and by the way a Baylor coach, former Baylor coach. Um I could see potentially Carolina being interested. Now Matt Rule didn't have anything to do with the RG3 era. Um he he replaced um the coach that coached uh Baylor whose name escapes me right now the guy that was R. yeah Pryles. Bryles. Um but still that to me makes a little bit of sense as a team that could potentially be you know interested but if somebody's trading for Griffin it's for a chance to start, so maybe, maybe
1: I don't. I don't think anyone's trading for Griffin. I think this is just a plant. I mean i i I tend to th- I tend to not to take anything about RG three seriously, and I don't think any team is going to go out of their way <laughs> to acquire this guy.
0: You, you know, know? he he's going to no. come with a good reference. John Harbaugh likes him. I know,
1: but you know. Uh, Did you ever read the book by uh, Mike Lombardi? Uh, I did not. Gridiron Genius? Apparently it's pretty good. And somebody shared this with me. And, you know, maybe RG3 has undergone a transformation, and uh, he's changed. It's possible. But this sort of reminds everybody of the essence of who he was. This is in the book Gridiron Genius, and I'm going to quote it. And this is from a few years ago, obviously. A recent very high draft pick was dinged by his college teammates. Check that. They flat out hated him. They refused to attend his private workouts, for heaven's sake. But the team that drafted him chose to ignore all that. And today, most of the teammates he's had feel exactly the same way his college teammates had. His college teammates did. Trust me, injuries are not the only reason Robert Griffin III has had such a hard time finding a job.
0: Well, we know that. That's not a revelation.
1: They, they hated him.
0: Oh, well, the, his, his teammates, teammates in Washington couldn't stand him. We his know that. His
1: teammates wouldn't, wouldn't even show up and his private workout. I
0: didn't know that part. I did not know that. I mean, remember what Mike told us. Mike told us there were two big concerns. Number one is that he knew that he wasn't ready to be a drop back quarterback and he was going to have to totally – invent and create a new system to get him on the field. And Dan and Bruce had to be comfortable with that. These are the things he told us that particular day in 2015 on that interview about what he told Dan and Bruce. Number one, he's not right. He's he's not a drop-back quarterback. It's going to take some time for him to de- to develop into one, and we're going to have to put you know a lot of what he did in college out on the field in the NFL to get him on the field. Number two, remember this, Tommy? He said, "We I wasn't sure whether or not He could handle adversity. He had never faced it. Um, And the only time that I, you know, in an interview with him, that I brought up something negative about one of his performances, he had thrown a couple of picks in a game, I think it was against Texas Tech or Oklahoma State. And he threw Art Bryles under the bus. He and his father were both in the room, and they quickly threw Art Bryles under the bus for that particular game and said it was a poorly called game from the sideline. And he said that was a bit of a red flag for me, and I shared that with Dan and Bruce. And I said, you know, what this kid hasn't faced at any point is adversity, and I don't know that he'll handle it very well if he faces it. Because, you know, he... Turned on his head coach right in front of us as we watched yeah. the tape of that of that game. <clears throat> and, uh, and he said those were his two big concerns. And we know that, you know, nobody liked him. You know, even the players that said they liked him, you know, behind the scenes, you know, they were saying they liked him publicly because that's what the owner wanted to hear. Um, you know, but it, behind the scenes, I mean, we heard all the horror stories. You know, him going know. In, into a in, into the weight room and the music that was playing, he would turn it off and turn his own music on and walking around in the building with headphones on and not acknowledging people. He was very immature, very immature. But what we've heard oh. from Harbaugh over the last two years, and I trust Harbaugh, we've heard a guy described as something that may may have matured, a guy that's matured and become different. Kevin,
1: he's a backup quarterback. How much strutton is he going to do as a backup quarterback?
0: And if he were – but, Tommy, if he were really hated and if he were really a disruption, would he be there? Why would he be there?
1: You're right. You're right about that. I just doubt that anyone's trying to trade for this guy.
0: Well, he did – he uh, – I don't think John Harbaugh would have him on the roster if he was the disruption and the, and the pain in the ass that he was in Washington. He did tweet out, though, today, people who say you can't or you won't are usually the ones afraid that you will. So just remember that, Mr. You Can't and You Won't.
1: Yeah. I'll remember that.
0: You have a choice, he tweeted out yesterday. You can throw in the towel or you can use it to wipe the sweat off your face, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I haven't gone onto his Twitter account in a while, but he really is uh, a I, piece I of work I, on Twitter. I, he really is. He <clears throat> wow. really is. He's gonna, I'll tell you one thing. He definitely has a career <clears throat> in sales or as a preacher, one or the other because he can sling it man. Certainly he certainly can in social media on social media and he's a hell of an interview. There's no doubt about that too. All right, uh we're done for the day unless you have anything else.
1: No boss, I'm going back to my cave.
0: All right. Um do that I am going to be tonight at Tommy Joe's DC coaches podcast I'll be sitting in with the legend Gary Williams and with Chris Knocky as well a legend in his own right um, we'll be at Tommy Joe's seven o'clock taping the DC coaches podcast you're invited to come out and join us it should be a good time uh, Tommy see you Aaron uh, I'll see you tomorrow and for all of you have a great day and uh, and keep those hands washed. Ha ha ha.